From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stacked show for you because hell has officially frozen over. Vince McMahon has retired from professional wrestling, and we're going to be talking all about that today, as well as the results and review of the Ring of Honor Death Before Designer pay-per-view and the controversy coming out of the pay-per-view with one former Ring of Honor champion, Jonathan Gresham. But before we get into all of that, I want to thank my Wrestling DeLorean passengers for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I appreciate and salute all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. Thank you so much for supporting. Thank you so much for representing. And thank you for so much for getting us to the point that we are today because it is officially a new era of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. As announced on the Top Rope Wrestling Talk podcast this past Friday by my homie from the Circle of Debate podcast, Ivan. The Wrestling DeLorean podcast will be going live very soon on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to Circle of Debate because not only will I be on Circle of Debate every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, but you'll be getting Wrestling DeLorean podcast live where I could interact with my fans, where I could take phone calls, where I could do all the shit that I can't do now on the audio podcast. You're going to make sure you want to tune in then. But we'll talk more about that when the time comes. Today, we're going to start the Superstack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Monday morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Like I said in the beginning, without you, there is no me. So I truly, truly appreciate all the love and support, especially lately. I've been getting a lot of support. I have a lot of new fans. And if you're new to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, thank you for choosing us. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. And if you're not new and you've been along since day one, I want to also salute you guys. Thank you for always representing and riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already Follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And if you would like to represent the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, why don't you go to threefallsbrand.com and cop some merchandise? We got three dope-ass designs. But not only that, Three Falls Brand has the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the planet. So make sure you go to Three Falls Brand, cop the merchandise, Here's Mean Gene. Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, 
Check out 3fallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3fallsbrand. Again, check us out at 3fallsbrand.com and on Instagram at 3fallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So, where do I start? Now, I gave my thoughts on this briefly on Circle of Debate this past Friday. I gave my thoughts on this on Top Rope Wrestling Talk this past Friday. But right now, I'm going to talk here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast about my thoughts on Vince McMahon retiring from professional wrestling. Honest to God, I never thought I'd see this day. I thought that, you know, at the age of 28, I thought that, you know, I would go to my grave and Vince McMahon would still be somehow running the world of WWE in whatever age you have been at the time of my death. But I never thought that I'd see the day that Vince McMahon would step down as CEO, as head of creative, as all his duties in the WWE. The WWE is the world that Vince McMahon created. Vince McMahon is the Walt Disney to his own empire, to his own world. Vince McMahon brought to us so much that we, you know, have today. I, I said on the circle debate that before, before I get into like the whole thick of the shit and the reason why I think he had to step down, which is kind of obvious. First, you know, I, I'm going to start out the podcast with positivity I'm going to give the man his roses. Vince McMahon created the world of wrestling as we know it today. Raiding the territories, putting them out of business and competing, but taking WWE national and then global, which basically created the blueprint that every other wrestling company to this day still tries to follow whether they want to be known as the alternative or they want to compete with Vince, everybody followed the blueprint that Vince McMahon created. Everybody tried to, you know, put their own form of sports entertainment in the professional wrestling culture. And I think that it has to be said that if there was no WWE slash WWF, if there was no Vince McMahon, the wrestling world would be a lot different. Who knows if wrestling would have even survived the 80s? You know, it was Vince McMahon's, I guess, finger on the pulse that led to the rock and wrestling connection that led to MTV showing WWE and then partnering up with people like Cyndi Lauper, which also then led to him banking on and going all out with WrestleMania 1, which was a big gamble because it was said many times before by Vince McMahon himself that if WrestleMania 1 failed, the WWE would have failed. The WWE didn't have much time left on their hands and quite possibly could have went bankrupt. You know, Vince McMahon had his finger on the pulse and 
took the company in a whole different route in the late 90s with the Attitude Error to compete with the WCW, a billionaire in Ted Turner. And at the time, Vince McMahon was not a billionaire. Vince McMahon was the underdog, even though he was out longer than WCW. He was the underdog because billionaire Ted was out to destroy Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon conquered. Vince McMahon prevailed. And it was the Attitude Era, the most successful era in not only wrestling, but I would have to say in almost TV history, if you see some of the ratings that Raw was pulling in 99 and 2000, it's hard to say that WWE did not make its stamp on pop culture. That was because of Vince McMahon. If we think about some of the greatest storylines in professional wrestling history, the Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon, it was Vince McMahon's character being the ultimate antagonist that led to amazing moments and historic classical moments with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, DX. The list goes on and on. So I got to, you know, pay the man his respect for what he did. It is hard to deny the fact, though, that I don't think that he would have been ready to retire if it wasn't for these allegations. And all the allegations that are currently coming out, all the sexual misconduct allegations, all the hush money allegations, you know, I think that we have not seen the last of the Wall Street Journal's allegations. And I think that in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, and I mean no disrespect by saying this, but I think that there is more on the horizon that could possibly take down Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon made this decision so it didn't take down the whole entire WWE. By Vince McMahon leaving now, whatever comes out, no matter how you know drastic, severe, or even criminalizing it is, at this point, by him being out of the WWE circle, it would just affect him personally and not affect the whole company. So, I don't know. I I guess, you know, we got to wait and see. The future is going to be very interesting to see what happens now with Vince McMahon not in the picture. It was also announced on Friday that John Laurinaitis is no longer in the picture either. That one, I believe, was, you know, a little long overdue. I thought that since the first allegation came out that John Laurinaitis was going to be the obvious fall man and take that, you know, take that release a couple weeks ago, I was surprised it lasted this long. There's rumors that Vince McMahon's, you know, team and regime are probably all on their way out, including Kevin Dunn, who's been there since fucking Jesus and Moses was roaming the earth. So it's going to be interesting, this new era of the WWE, this new regime of the WWE. It was already announced that Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan is the co-CEOs of the WWE. It was announced that Triple H is back in his old role of EVP, Executive Vice President of the WWE. It was already announced that head of creative will be Bruce Prichard, which is still a WWE guy. I mean, not WWE, he's still a Vince McMahon guy. So I'm interested to see how long Bruce Prichard lasts. Uh, I know that Bruce Prichard left in 2008 because he was, you know, banging heads too much with Stephanie McMahon. So by Stephanie McMahon being the CEO now, it will be interesting to see if Stephanie and Bruce Prichard could coexist. But, you know, 
I think it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen going forward. Um, it, it's it's not any disrespect to anybody who lost their jobs. You know, personal feelings aside on what I feel these allegations are and my personal feelings on them because I, I made it clear on this podcast before, I think that, you know, all this shit that's coming out about Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's been a crook for a long time. And I, I honestly, you know, I feel like this is long overdue. But, but, with all that aside, I mean, no disrespect when I say that I don't see any negatives coming out of any of this news that came out of the WWE on Friday. All I see is positivity and upside. We know what Triple H did with NXT. The gold and black era of NXT was absolutely a moment in time. It was a amazing, amazing run. Because if you remember, it wasn't that long ago. If you remember when NXT was NXT and not this new shit, NXT was the real alternative. Before there was an AEW, NXT was un- the WWE Network in the WWE umbrella and they were still outdoing the quote-unquote main roster as they were considered a developmental. If you remember the NXT takeovers, every time there was a takeover on the same weekend as a WWE pay-per-view, Triple H ran a show that the main roster couldn't compete with or touch. And this is the man now who is the executive vice president of the WWE and does not have to answer to the big man so with that being said i'm very excited for the creative direction of the wwe i said on the circle debate what i think this means is one fluent direction for too long it felt like these characters were built up and successful on nxt such as a bobby Roode, such as a shinsuke nakamura let's go even back a little bit such as a keith lee carrion cross such as a alistair black such as a L.A. Knight. And then they go to the main roster, and Vince McMahon did not know what to do with them because Vince McMahon had nothing to do with the NXT product, so therefore, all he has is talent that he's not familiar with, so he changed up the characters. Keith Lee went from limitless, limitless Keith Lee, who was on top of the NXT world, and then became the Bearcat. Karrion Cross had the total package with Scarlett Bardot and became some knockoff gladiator. Aleister Black was begging people to knock at his door. Like, this shit was a clear disconnect from what was going down in NXT to what was going in the main roster. So, I think that with Triple H now, you know, as the EVP, I think that we would see one clear direction of the WWE as a whole, including everything under their umbrella. NXT, NXT UK, Fucking shit, uh, level up. Like, everything that's under the WWE umbrella will have one clear direction because Triple H is now the guy who's going to be the executive vice president. He has his finger on the pulse. He knows what this modern-day crowd wants because he already had the sample of NXT and showed us that he could give us exactly what the modern audience wants. So I think that it's going to be cool to see what goes down in the future. Do I see any changes right off the bat? No. I see this being a slow change. First of all, we do have SummerSlam this Sunday, so I do think that 
all the current storylines are going to play out the way they were supposed to play out. So after that, I think that maybe next Monday, with Monday Night Raw, possibly TV14, could be the first time we see what the real McMahon, Helmsley, Nick Khan regime could bring to the WWE. Um, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about more controversy because not only will we be reviewing Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, which was a show that I absolutely loved, but we'll be talking about the possible exit of a former world champion. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings and salutations. It's your man CD, Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Now, I'm not just a world-traveled professional wrestler and the man with the perfect shaped head to be bald for the rest of his life. I'm also the head of talent relations for All Elite Wrestling. And as such, I am not allowed to lie. It's in my contract. So when I tell you that Mike DeNiro and the Wrestling DeLorean podcast is available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know I'm telling you the truth. Now, Mike talks about classic WWF, WCW, ECW, and TNA reviews, as well as doing modern news for AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and all the things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling today. So why don't you give it a listen and just remember that Christopher Daniels was the one that sent you, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Take care, everyone. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. 
And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV. And sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeMorian Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of the King Francine sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, this past Saturday, we had Death Before Dishonor brought to you by Ring of Honor. And this was one hell of a pay-per-view. I'm not going to talk about the pre-show, which was phenomenal in its own right, but I'm going to be talking about the main show, Death Before Dishonor, Ring of Honor, their first pay-per-view since WrestleMania weekend, where they presented Supercard of Honor. But really, this was like the real first uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view under the Tony Khan banner. First of all, right off the bat, I want to talk about the presentation of the show. One, I, I love the new logo. I love the look. It feels very old school ROH. The red logo feels very before the Sinclair broadcasting era of Ring of Honor. You know, right before, I think, June of 2011. So if you go May of June 2011 and all the way back to maybe 2004, 2005 Ring of Honor, that's what this, you know, logo felt like. I love the fact that they had the logos on every barricade, which is very classic Ring of Honor as well. Um, the only thing is, you know, being in the bigger arena, having the hard camera and the white ring, it kind of felt a lot like a AEW presentation just with the Ring of Honor logo slapped onto it. But I'm not complaining because it did feel nice to see Ring of Honor in a bigger arena. It did feel nice to see Ring of Honor on a grand stage and Ring of Honor being shown the proper respect and love that I feel it deserved for a very long time. And to be honest, I feel like Sinclair Broadcasting could have done this for a very long time with their billions. It never felt like Ring of Honor was a true priority for Sinclair Broadcasting. But you cannot deny the fact after seeing this show that Ring of Honor is a true priority for one Mr. Tony Khan. With that being said, let's get right into the show. Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor 2022 started off hot with a world heavyweight title matchup, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but now coming out of the show, there was a lot of controversy to talk about. Jonathan Gresham defended his Ring of Honor world champion against Ring of Honor alumni and legend Claudio Castagnoli. This was a phenomenal, phenomenal matchup. Lots of action, a lot of technical wrestling. Love the fact that William Regal was on commentary as well because he was giving a lot of insight to the matches. In the end, though, Jonathan Gresham dropped his Ring of Honor world champion to Claudio Castagnoli, who became a world champion for the first time in his career. And I believe it's long overdue. It's just that this led to a lot of controversy. It was said, uh, reported by Fightful that earlier on in the day, Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan got into a cursing and screaming match over Jonathan Gresham's character, over his direction with the company, and Jonathan Gresham requested his release from Ring of Honor slash AEW. If you notice, when Jonathan Gresham came out during this matchup, Jonathan Gresham didn't have his octopus mask on. Jonathan Gresham didn't wave the flag of Ring of Honor or the foundation, or I guess now Tully Blanchard Enterprise slash the embassy. Shout out Prince Nana. He just came out with a t-shirt and seemed, you know, very nonchalant. With that being said, it was probably because of all this shit that went down. 
Here's my thoughts on this. Jonathan Gresham was a man who waved the Ring of Honor flag when Ring of Honor had no future. When Ring of Honor's future was in doubt, Jonathan Gresham went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Jonathan Gresham went to GCW. Jonathan Gresham went to Impact Wrestling and many more companies and defended his Ring of Honor World Champion. Jonathan Gresham was a man who not only defended his Ring of Honor champion, but waved the flag for Ring of Honor when there was no Ring of Honor to wave a flag for. Jonathan Gresham believed in the company. That's why he did that. So for when Tony Khan purchases Ring of Honor and has a total different direction for Ring of Honor and basically does not show that same respect for Gresham that Jonathan Gresham showed for Ring of Honor itself, I can understand why the man was pissed off. I can understand why he did not like his direction with the company. He did not want to turn heel. He did not want to join another faction. He believed in his faction that he already had. He believed in the foundation. He believed in what he was doing for Ring of Honor, making Ring of Honor pure again. So for him to drop the title to the new guy on the block, Claudio Castagnoli, not saying that he's new to wrestling, but, you know, new to this company. It, it, it could, you know, rub people the wrong way. So, with that being said, I think there's a couple things to talk about. One, it's not the first time that we heard about lack of communication from Tony Khan. This is the same shit we heard from Joey Janela. The same shit we heard from Marco Stunt. The same shit we heard from Chavo Guerrero. The same shit we heard from Big Swole. You know, they, they complain that there is no communication. Which is very curious to me and very weird to me because then you got guys like Brian Danielson. You got guys like CM Punk. You got guys like Chris Jericho in the top echelon of AEW. And they all say the same thing. The reason why they like working for Tony Khan more than working for Vince McMahon is because Tony Khan is approachable. So how could the same guy who has no communication be approachable and able to communicate? It's very weird. Does Tony Khan only prioritize the guys at the tippy top of AEW? Or are the guys who are claiming that there's no communication not taking that necessary route to communicate with Tony Khan? I don't know. It's very weird because I feel like Tony Khan has two narratives about him, and those narratives are the exact opposite of each other. So, you know, I think that there must be a gray area in the middle, but nonetheless, Jonathan Gresham wants his release. It's even rumored that Jonathan Gresham may be done with professional wrestling. And if that's the case, that's a goddamn shame because Jonathan Gresham is one of the best technical wrestlers in the world today. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like this is a big loss for Ring of Honor. But I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what the direction is of Ring of Honor once they get on TV. It's hard to really judge Ring of Honor based off sporadic pay-per-views here and there. But, you know, as for Jonathan Gresham, I support... Just like I supported 
Sasha Banks and Trinity, just like I supported CM Punk, just like I support anybody who does not feel valued to make a change. You are an independent contractor. If you do not feel valued to your highest possibilities, then do what you got to do to make yourself happy because life is too short. And at the end of the day, if you don't feel valued, you got to make a change. But anyway, congratulations to Claudio Castagnoli. I don't want to take away from his moment because Claudio Castagnoli is a guy that I remember seeing for the first time in Ring of Honor. I wasn't really too big on CZW back in the day, but I was huge on Ring of Honor. And the first time I seen Claudio Castagnoli, he was the Ring of Honor defector during the CZW ROH war. I remember the classic between Claudio Castagnoli and Takashi Morishima. I remember the classic in 2007 at the Driven pay-per-view between Claudio Castagnoli and Brian Danielson. I remember the classic in 2008 when Nigel McGuinness defended his world champion against Claudio Castagnoli. Claudio Castagnoli had classics as a singles wrestler. He had classics as a tag wrestler because I... Still to this day, one of my favorite tag teams was the Kings of Wrestling with Chris Hero and Claudio Castagnoli. So the man has a lot of lineage in Ring of Honor. So I don't think you could have put the title on anyone better if you was going to go this route of taking the title off of Gresham. Why not put the title on Claudio? Congratulations to Claudio Castagnoli. Second matchup of the night we had for the trios tag match we had for the trios titles i should say the righteous versus dalton castle and the boys this was very entertaining i enjoyed it and i thought that was a really good matchup i'm glad dalton castle and the boys won though dalton castle has been a guy who's been very entertaining for a very long time always like this shtick and i think that it's really cool to see the ring of honor trios titles in this new era of roh we then got a amazing, an amazing, amazing, amazing pure rules matchup between Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. Holy shit, yo. The chemistry of these two guys is just fucking amazing. These guys went to war in AEW. They went to war in other companies, and they went to war here in Ring of Honor. First of all, first and foremost, I love the pure championship. I love the pure rules, and I think that's very unique to ROH. If any two men fit that pure title and the pure rules, it is Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. These guys went to war. This was, you know, catch as catch can. This was brutal. This was hard hitting. This is strong style. This is, this reminds me a lot of the matches back in the day between Fifth Finley and Steven Regal. So it was only fitting that William Regal was on commentary. This was an amazing matchup and big shout out to Wheeler Yuta for still being your ROH Pure Champion, and I cannot wait to this Wednesday for the return of the American Dragon Brian Danielson to see his matchup with Daniel Garcia because I believe that these two are going to have a great, great matchup. Next on this show, we had the brother versus brother matchup. It was Roosh versus Dragon Lee. I really enjoyed that Roosh and Dragon Lee was on this show, and this was another phenomenal matchup. Great match. I want to see more Dragon Lee in AEW and ROH. I think that Dragon Lee is one of the most underrated luchadors in professional wrestling, and everybody knows my fandom for Roosh. I think Roosh is the 
crown jewel of Mexico right now. I feel like Roosh is the Kenny Omega of Mexico, and I'm so glad that he's getting a push here in ROH and in AEW because he will be fighting John Moxley for the interim AEW championship this Wednesday at Fight for the Fallen, which I think is also going to be a phenomenal matchup. Women's title matchup, Serena D versus Mercedes Martinez was another great matchup. I feel like I keep on saying that, but God's honest truth, there was not one bad matchup on this show. This was a great women's matchup. And like I predicted on Circle of Debate and on Top Rope Wrestling, I'm glad that Mercedes Martinez retained her championship in this matchup. You know, shout out to Serena Deeb. She's definitely, I think, a... You know, I don't want to say a future world champion. She's been around forever, but I think that definitely she will be holding gold soon in either ROH or AEW because she's that damn good. But right now is Mercedes Martinez's time, and I think that she's going to have a lengthy and successful reign with the ROH Women's Championship. This matchup was a banger. She had a banger with Deanna Perrazzo. She had a banger with uh, Willow Nightingale. So I think that this matchup is right up there with these those matches. And I want to see how far Mercedes Martinez could take this women's title. Co-main event for the ROH TV title. A match with a lot of history behind it. Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. Samoa Joe's first match in a couple months because Samoa Joe was doing Twisted Metal. I think that this matchup was really good. I was surprised that Jay Lethal did not win the title. But Samoa Joe retained in a really good matchup. Like I said, lots of great history in this match. Samoa Joe was the mentor of Jay Lethal back in the early 2000s in Ring of Honor. And basically, Jay Lethal's first push on a major wrestling show was being the, being the student of Samoa Joe. So I love the whole student versus teacher storyline. I love the whole student versus teacher classic style of matchup here. And this was just a great matchup. Samoa Joe makes Jay Lethal tap out with the Coquina Clutch really good. I love the fact that we had elements of modern ROH with Roosh and Dragon Lee and elements of classic ROH with the longest reigning world heavyweight champion in Ring of Honor history, Samoa Joe, going against the longest reigning TV champion in Ring of Honor history, Jay Lethal, for said TV title. Now, with all that being said, I got, got, got to talk about FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers, two out of three falls. Go back to April. Listen to my review of Supercard of Honor. I said that FTR and the Briscoe Brothers had the match of the year. And since then, I don't think that many matches came close to that. With that being said, this match topped that match. This was tag team wrestling at its absolute finest. And I encourage you to go out there and find another tag match this year on this level. A few weeks ago, I said that the uh, Street Profits and the Usos had a phenomenal, phenomenal tag match. I don't even think that that was on this level. This was, just, oh my God, this was just, just remarkable. This, in my opinion, is a five-star matchup. I, I can't tell you enough how much I love this matchup. In the end, FTR wins. Just an absolute classic. It had everything from technical wrestling, amazing tag team wrestling, and it was brutal as fuck. And it, it didn't have to go Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, barbed wire everywhere match to be brutal. It was just absolute beautiful wrestling violence. And this matchup was 
Uh, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm sounding like the ultimate mark, but I don't give a fuck. Go out of your way if you did not see this show. If you don't care about anything on this show, go out of your way to watch FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers because that matchup will blow your fucking mind. It got like 45 minutes and was an absolute banger. And not only that, but this matchup may go down in history as one of the best tag team matches ever. I'm calling it right now. I don't give a fuck. Hate on me all you want. If you're an old head saying, oh, they don't top the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. Fuck you. I don't care. This is my opinion. I think that this was one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. And I've been watching wrestling since the fucking moment I was born. So beat that. Anyway, thank you everybody for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean and downloading this episode, checking out this episode, and listening to this episode. I appreciate you all. You can catch me tomorrow night on the Circle of Debate as we talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax nights 3, 4, and 5. Then catch me here on Wednesday back again with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. More news coming soon on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast Live, which will be on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe there. We'll be talking about that very soon. You got to stay tuned on the Instagram page at Wrestling DeLorean Pod for all of that. But until then, I will catch you here on Wednesday once again with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you guys. Stay safe, stay positive, stay strong. Peace out. Like a tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor We the wolves done Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip So who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy I was born in the darkness Oh, you the wolf Till we pull up and you're harmless So pray to Oliver the Don Dada The top shotter The top spot Final boss you cross That's when your ride stop Basquiat with that white chalk Triggers, finger streets Might leave your brains on the sidewalk Niggas acting tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas They be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet They be plotting in the back Summertime better be careful where you at No matter Addy nigga We gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night is precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice worth your life Answers yes, well did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs Cause they hunting, I'm moving packs of that onion But probably packing them something Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal Niggas that can tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you're at No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night is precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got 